And welcome everybody to the Voices Carry Paranormal Talk radio show. I'm your host, Bob Myers, and we are here to investigate the best in electronic voice phenomena. Once again, we we really, really appreciate you guys joining us. Um, love being back. Uh, this is a great show. Once a week we do this. We get together and we share our electronic voice phenomena, our ITC, our instrumental transcommunication captures, our recordings that we got from investigations in the last 10 years. And we're just really enjoying this. It's uh, been a great show. Uh, we had this show probably about six or seven years ago. And uh, we were on a different radio network then and things were just uh, a little harder to kind of get your content out there. But you know, as content creators, we try to just um, make it easy for everybody, simple. So we think podcasts are the best way to go. Uh, we realize over the years we really don't want to be affiliated with any type of you know, network or anything like that. We just like to be you know, by ourselves. We're not here. We don't care about ratings. We're not here to collect revenue. We're not here, um, you know, saying that you have to have so many followers or likes or any of that stuff on here. We're here for even if it's for a handful of people out there, which it's not. There's, there's quite a few that, uh, people that log on every week and, and, and get um, you know, a little gr- a glimpse of our show. And we got uh, you know, dozens of people who, you know, respond to me each every week saying that, you know, keep it up. It's a great show. And we really like, um, you know, the content you give because you can't really find anything else out there on the internet like this. I know it's kind of like a little bit of underground. Uh, people always say, "Oh, you know, you know, you should promote your show more. You could get, you could get all these viewers and this and that." And that's not our goal. I mean, if you found us, that's great. But my job is not really to go out there and pr- try to promote this radio show for the mainstream. This is really for the niche people, for the people who are researchers, the people who are really into ITC research or. Um, just or enthusiasts who love paranormal, paranormal investigations and really want to just, you know, keep it low, keep it down to where just the researchers, investigators, and we, you know, we, we take any folks out there just like the enthusiasts who just like listening every week. But I'm not out there to you know, have a, a YouTube page or some kind of a following in any way. We do this because we love the pat and we have the passion for. Uh, EVP and ITC research, and that's what we're going to stick with. So, all right, I will get into our first EVP of the night. And these EVPs were captured back in 2015 and 2016. Uh, One was in the fall of 2015 then in the spring of 2016 at a place called Penhurst. Asylum, which many of you already probably know of Penhurst. It is one of the haunted uh, asylums, locations uh, that is well known across the country and even internationally. There's been a lot of different ghost shows and um, experiments. They have different types of expos and paracons and stuff there. And uh, it's an amazing place. It's been taken over by another um, group of people uh, that uh, was different when, when I was there in 2015, 2016. There seemed to be a more, little bit more freedom. The person owned it was uh, Mike Smith. 
he uh, he has since sold it to this corporation that owns, you know, probably a handful of different asylums across the nation and kind of makes it like a theme theme park type of thing around Halloween with all these, you know, haunted house um, type of things where they, they, you know, dressed up in costumes and they, they try to portray the, um, you know, the, the, the setting of a haunted asylum or something like that. And there's a bunch of actors and act- actresses and it's, 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 it's good. It's, it's done very well. It's almost a lot of it's Hollywood stuff. They spend a lot of money doing it. They also make a lot of money too. And they, they use that money to, you know, basically fund uh, the property throughout the year. Um, they do have a little bit of ghost uh, investigations you can do at this place. There's maybe two or three buildings that are open right now. The other ones, I hear some of them are getting knocked down. I hear other ones will be getting fixed up. Uh, but um, we've gotten some of the best ITC EVPs and regular EVPs we've ever gotten our group at this place. It is massive. It's huge. And there are a lot of spirits that are, are they're attached there. There's a lot of dark things that happen there. I'm not going to get into it really tonight. You can do the research on it itself. It's called Penhurst Asylum in Roarsford, Pennsylvania. It's uh, kind of a very creepy place. It's on top of a hill uh, in the back of the woods in Spring City. And um, it's been restricted for many years, but there's been a lot over the years, a lot of teenagers who've kind of made their way through there. I can't really do that anymore because this corporation has full-time 24-7 security and you will be arrested if you trespass. But uh, back in the day, when I say back in the day, I'm talking about early 2000s, uh, like 2003 or four was the first time I was ever up there. Uh, The state was still owned it. It was, uh, they had a, um, it was funny, they had a National Guard reserve station that was sits off on the property and those guys used to go and kind of police the place and um it's been cleaned up uh much better since those days because it was all dilapidated it closed somewhere in the uh, late 80s when it was an asylum and um it stayed vacant for almost 20 years before somebody really got in there and cleaned it up and got some of the asbestos out of there. And it was a lot of, a lot of legwork. I know Mike Smith and his, he was the owner, one of the local owners and his a group of people really worked their tails off trying to flip that place over. He spent uh, countless weekends and weeks and he spent a lot of money, but it just got to the play to the point that the place, the land was so massive and it was so much to keep up. He would, he just couldn't do it anymore. So now this corporation who uh, specializes in just a business in uh, haunted attractions and locations, they have taken it over and they've done a pretty good job. It's just more commercialized now. And uh, there doesn't seem to be as much flexibility as there was back uh, when Mike owned it, where you could kind of get in there anytime you want. Just pretty much you can only get in there maybe like Friday nights there's cut out hours, you know, it's usually, you know, nine to 12 or something and that's it. But, um, back when Mike had it, you know, he would pretty much, you know, you write him a check and he hand you the keys and say, okay, go at it, have fun. Just lock up, make sure, you know, nobody's, nobody's trespassing, nobody's uh, staying there and causing any trouble and so on and so forth. So there was 
a lot more, like I said, there's a lot more flexibility what you can do. And that's gave us the ability to really get into buildings that uh, I don't even think people get in now. I'm not even sure if the Devon building is open. But um, the Mayflower and the administration building are the two other buildings that are open. Anyhow, let's get into the first EVP. So this EVP um, is interesting because I think this was the fall of 2015 when I caught this one. Kind of kind of what I'd say, Class C. I don't even know what the voice is saying, but there's a voice there, and it is it is caught there. Uh, so I'll go ahead and play and get this one out of the way because this is probably the the worst one. I wouldn't say the worst one, but the one that's going to be most difficult to hear. So we'll go ahead and play it, and then we'll review it. Okay, I'll do it again. So I don't even really know the voice. It's kind of like a, I don't know if you want to say electronic voice, some kind of uh, modulated voice in some way, and I'll play the EVP portion. so sure what that's saying, but it's definitely something there that's modulated that is not a human voice. And it was picked up by a voice of recorder was just locked off in the Devon building, which if you've ever been to Penhurst, you come up to the front of the location and this beautiful administration building where they have the Horner attraction every year. And uh, it's got a big tower, there's like a clock or something or something at the top, like a some kind of steeple or something. It's, it's a gorgeous building and it's a gorgeous campus. It was just neglected so many years that people, um, you know, got the weeds and the grass and everything got so out of control. Kids got in there and were burning the rooms down in certain areas. But when you first, when I first arrived there in uh, 2003, I believe it was, um, it was very dangerous to walk through there. There was just stuff all over. There was kids that would, teenagers that would constantly be up there loitering and doing crazy stuff. They were holding you know, there's even accounts that some groups or some individuals, we think they were mostly young young people or young adults, were having occultist type, you know, um, practices there, witchcraft and stuff like that. And it was not good because yeah, I remember going in there and seeing a room where there was a pentagram drawn on the floor with candles all melted on the floor. So not good things can come out of that. Uh, and that's why I think the police really wanted people to stay out of there. Just, it is never, it was, it sits on top of a hill and the police just don't, you know, the state police are just not going to have time to get back. They might drive through there once a month or whatever, they're not, but they're not going to spend all their time um, back then in 2003 guarding the place or um, patrolling the place when no one even knew what it was going to be. I mean, you heard all kinds of rooms would be knocked down, put a shopping center there, it's going to be knocked down, put condos there. But it never really materialized, and it's good. I'm glad it did because it is, it is a dark side of American history. A lot of people don't want to talk about, especially the government. They don't want to acknowledge that we used to institutionalize people, and lock them up because of disabilities, and throw them in in these institutions where many times they would go as children and never and died there, never got out. No one ever came to see them. Uh, a lot of abuse went on there: sexual, physical, emotional. Uh, intellectual abuse. It was just, it was, it was, it was no doubt a dark history in American, uh, dark, dark part of American history that you're not going to find any of this stuff or these locations in any type of history books. And in some ways that's good, in some ways it's bad. However, I think it is good uh, that people can go and visit these places 
and see how things used to be when we used to institutionalize people in the 19th and 20th century. We don't do that anymore. People who have disabilities or people who are, are mentally challenged in a lot of ways or those who, um, you know, struggle with mental illness, they now are kind of mainstreamed into society and do a lot of outpatient programs. Um, we do have our hospitals, but they're usually just very short term, uh, 72 hours and you're out of there. Uh, stays for people who are emotionally struggling. Uh, back then, it was just kind of a warehouse. People would lock their kids away. They would lock um, people suffering from mental illness away uh, for decades. And um, that's that was the sad part because as a human being, you just you're not given the rights as you know. Those people have are, are entitled to the same rights as you and I. And even though they might be mentally challenged and may have many disabilities or struggle with mental illness, um, you know, it's not their fault and they should not be, uh, you know, forced to be put in a place where, you know, they can't grow, they can't mature. And it's, it's really cruel. It was really cruel. And, and, um, like I said, it was a bad part of American history, but then again, there's a lot of trapped souls there that I think that, um, you go to the most of these asylums throughout the United States where they're, they're consistently haunted because imagine being caught in a body that you couldn't be released of uh, a broken body, maybe because your intellectual capacity, maybe your physical capacity, uh, you're disabled in some way, your mental capacity, and you had to live like that for your whole life. And then not until you died, you're released from those limitations well, obviously you're going to be upset because uh, you were abused in a lot of ways, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, sexually even, uh, unfortunately. And these these individuals, just can, can you imagine how angry the spirits must be once released from their, their personal shell? So, um, yeah, it was this terrible time. Right, let's go to the next one here. This next one's a little bit better. It's an unknown voice too, but we'll go ahead and play it and then uh, we'll speak about it. So, there, so there's some people talking here. I can't remember this because it's been back, it's been going back five or six years ago. But I'll play the EVP portion here. And there's definitely a voice here. See if we can hear it. There's another like modulated voice. Not sure what that is. Um, seems to be skipping over something. Um, let me play it one more time. See if I can hear it. It's just not, it's inaudible. I just can't hear really what it's saying, but it's definitely something there. I don't know what it is. Uh, but you know, once again, when you get this stuff and you, you're in investigation and you're there with a couple people, that's def definitely not a human voice, a living human voice, uh, I should say. It's a modulated voice. How? Where is it coming from? Um, is it interference in some way with some other kind of radio communication? Don't know. But it's a, it's evidence to the investigation, and uh, I think it should be it, it should just have just as much merit as a class AVP. Remember, this all adds to the story. It's not something that you know you get one or two EVPs that you think are good and you throw the other ones out. When we're looking, 
uh, for evidence of the paranormal, we're looking at the big picture, whether it's audio or video or ITC sweeps or, you know, personal experiences. They're all culmination of the whole investigation. And then once you get all your evidence and you reveal it all, you put it all together, then you can determine, you know what, is there something going on here? Is this place active? Is this place really haunted? Or is this place like demonically possessed, which I never ran into yet where, you know, a place was so dark. And so there's been some dark spirits, but I never ran into a place where, you know, you know, possession occurred or anything like that. At least I don't know about it. So, all right, the next, uh, the next EVP, I really want to preface this one because uh, an investigator by with me, Carol Starr, she was one of our, she was our case manager for many years. Carol's kind of lost her health in recent years and really can't participate in too many investigations anymore. And uh, it's sad because she was a great investigator and a good dear friend of mine. But uh, we were uh, we were in a hallway, and he, what what would happen is. We were told this. We were told this story by the peop, some of the people who used to work there at Penhurst back in the seventies and eighties. And I remember interviewing a woman uh, for a documentary show that um, we we did. It's it's really not available anymore, just because uh, the new owners wanted different rights and all that stuff. And so um, there's there's some copies out there, but it, you just can't get it anymore through the affiliate that we work through. But anyway. The uh, the video, we interviewed this individual, and it was a woman. She was probably close to 80 years old because she had worked there back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And she had told us that there were individuals there that were nonverbal because they were so, you know, they were strapped to beds. They were really severely or profoundly mentally uh, challenged. And um, what would happen is they would a lot of time they, they, there was so much overcrowding because the state had good intentions for these institutions in the early 20th century when they first opened. And this place opened, I think, in the teens or the 20s. At one time, it was self sufficient, uh, it was a very good therapeutic place for people who struggled with disabilities and, 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 and who were mentally uh, suffering from you know, being challenged from their illnesses. But what happens, like every good thing that happens, uh, the the supply out um, outdoes the need, I guess you want to say, or the supply, there's too many people who needed these services and not enough hospitals across the state or even across the country. So overcrowding happened. And by the 60s, 70s, and 80s, it was just a warehouse of... Uh, disabled people, you know, a lot of times going over way over the numbers that were the place was ever built for. So I remember seeing videos where there was like a hundred, hundred kids in a room that is maybe, you know, 50 by 50 and they're, you know, on the floor with no clothes on, laying their own feces, defecated. They were strapped to beds. They were tied down. They had straight jackets on just real abuse, according to what we would consider today would just be totally abusive. And, um, you know, they did, they were doing experiments there for the government. They were doing lobotomies. They were doing stuff where, um, just, just flat out cruel, heard stories where, 
if you got, if you bit, there's one student would bite people all the time. He got all his teeth pulled. So if you bite with somebody, they warn you a second time, they just, they had a dentist chair in the basement and they would just pull your teeth. I'm sure they didn't use much of any type of anesthesia or any type of uh, pain killing procedures. And, uh, man, that's, that's just horror stories that you hear where today somebody who did that would be locked up in jail for, for many years if you were conducting business like that. But back then, everything, like we said, was swept under the rug, kind of hidden. And that's where things become very difficult uh, for regulators to try to keep a cap on it because, you know, the, you know, it's just, it, it, it's too big. So there was too many people. It was so overcrowded. So what they would do is these kids that were, or sometimes young adults too, that were nonverbal and they couldn't speak because their disability was so, so bad. Uh, they would teach them to ring a bell if they needed something. And it's crazy because we went into this um, investigation and we heard the story. And a lot of times they weren't allowed to do things. They weren't allowed to go out where they wanted. They were kind of just, just all quarantined and kind of, you know, locked up. It's pretty, they were pretty much locked up. That's what they were. They were just like large holding cells. And there were just being tons of them in, in the one room. I remember specifically uh, in the one building, in the Devon building. And uh, they would just leave them in there for, you know, 10, 12 hours, then put them in their rooms to go to bed. Because they're really, especially in the wintertime, they were just too cold for them to go outside. And they were always worried that they would roam off campus, get lost, and then the institution would be in trouble and so on and so forth. So if they kind of kind of warehoused them and kept them confined to certain areas of the building or whatever it may be, it was a lot more easier for the people who worked there to manage it. Now, I don't blame the people who worked there. No, not all of them. Some were obviously uh, abusing situations. But I think for the most part, generally most of the people were trying to do the right thing. So we were in this one part of the area where there's a lot of them that would be kind of in this playroom or this large recreational room. And we said, were you allowed uh, were you allowed to go places? And, 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 and then we asked, as long as we're here, we're allowed to, to go. And then we hear a, ring, a ringing of the bell. We actually hear that. So let's go ahead and play this. And you'll hear my, my friend Carol, she's an investigator's voice. And at the end, you heard, we're allowed, and you hear a ringing of a bell. You're allowed. As long as we're here in the building, you can follow us. Okay, so you hear people in the background talking. This is, you know, we had quite a few people there because it was a large building, but there was people down the hallway and they were talking. So you hear this kind of, on, you know, people in the background talking, chatting, but where you hear the EVP, you know, I'll, I'll keep on playing this and then, and then you hear, we're allowed and you hear the ringing of a bell. So that's incredible because, like I said, uh, just a few hours before we did this investigation, we had the ability to speak to that or interview this individual who told us they used to ring the bells in those rooms. And hence we get a, bell, a ringing of the bell. So pre that's pretty amazing stuff there. All right, let's go to our next EVP. And 
this one says, do you like board games? And then you hear a voice that says, I do. And then it's crazy. It's almost like they asked us a question. They said, aren't you married to Pamela? Now, I don't know who Pamela is. But they almost asked us a question. Are you like to me, aren't you married to Pamela? Do you like board games? Okay, so you hear, I do. Let me play that portion. It's kind of hard to hear, but you can definitely hear at the end, it says, aren't you married to Pamela? So you hear, aren't you? Pretty amazing when they, you're doing EVPs and you get and you, they actually get a uh, someone asking you a question on the EVPs. We were always used to us asking them a question and getting an answer, but they were asking us a question. That's remarkable. That's a great EVP there. Hopefully, hopefully you could hear it. It was a little bit on the lighter side, but fantastic communication. Just amazing. This one here is a little crazy because uh, we're 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 at an institution here. There are no animals around. I mean, absolutely none. Zero. Um, place was pretty much locked up. Nobody had any dogs or cats there, nothing. But f- ironically, we hear this dog bark. Um, it was captured on an EVP, was not heard with our ears, but I'll go ahead and play it and you can see what I mean. Okay, we'll start this. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, do you know how to, do you know any way, kind of way to start this? I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to start this camera and we get this ironic dog bark at the same time, like I'm talking to the dog. Okay, we'll start this. So there you are. There's just just a random dog bark. I have no idea why where it came from. Where, uh, you know, why it was there. Was there a dog there one time that maybe passed away that was locked in there with somebody used to live in there? Some people said, well, there were some street people who used to live in there, and maybe they had a dog and the dog passed away. And now the spirit's still there. Don't know. Maybe they had a dog uh, during Penhurst. Maybe they, uh, who knows when Penhurst was open. Don't know, but. Just ironic and, like I said, added to the evidence. This one says, what are the games you like to play? And then it says, Michael, aren't you bad? Okay, so that's the EVP portion. Let me play the whole the whole uh, capture. So I, I'm sitting there and I say, what kind of games do you like to play? Because they, they would always play games in this game room and they would play all types of games. And so I am asking what kind of games do you like to play? And then you hear, Michael, aren't you bad? Just like that.
So, Michael, aren't you bad? These are some great EVPs. I'll tell you, I love Penhurst because we get some outstanding EVPs, some of the best I ever got. Uh, it is true spirit communication when you investigate those places. Uh, not only that, but you see shadow figures, you get stuff on your video, you capture ITC stuff. It is just a paranormal hotspot. I love, it's one of my favorite places to investigate. And I, I had a, a pretty pretty crazy personal experience there in the Devon building, which I'll, I don't have time to share with you now, but maybe next week we can talk about a little bit or in a, in a future show. But it was one of the mistakes I made as being a young investigator. And I kind of exposed myself and opened myself to, um, to a certain part of, uh, you know, the campus that uh, you should never go alone. You should never be in these buildings alone. And uh, I got a little bit overzealous and tried to take advantage of some time to myself in a building, the Devon building by myself, where there's no distractions or no contamination of other investigators. And needless to say, I was taught a lesson by the spirits in that building that you should never come alone. And we'll get into it sometime later in the future, but don't really have time to share. Let's get into the next one here. This one is just another EVP. It just says Tong, T-O-N-G. Don't know what that means, or maybe Tom, T-O-M. This is a big room, so maybe this was uh, kind of a lobby to all these other toilet chasing rooms where people are hanging out and watching TV. So I'm talking about, you know, to, to these other people in my group, this is kind of where the lobby is. Um, and all, here, all of a sudden you hear Tom. Maybe it does sound like Tom, T-O-M. This is a big room, so maybe this was uh, kind of a lobby to all these other toilet chasing rooms where people are hanging out and watching TV. I'll just do the EVP portion here. There it says Tom. That's clear. That's a class A EVP right there. If I ever heard one, that is just clear, clear communication, clear communication. All righty. Well, I think that kind of wraps up what we have for this week. Um, you know, this is uh, this is a show that you know what it never ceases to amaze me what we catch here. Um, we been on so many investigations, over a hundred private and you know, public investigations over the years. And I always, you know, some people like the private ones because they feel like they're helping people. But a lot of times I like doing the public ones because you can go and kind of light those places up and really do the, the research you want to do, not have to worry about any of the consequences. Meaning that, you know, when you do a private investigation, there's a lot of responsibility and liability occurred. And people still got to live there. So when you leave, they're still living you. If you go and night this place with paranormal activity and fire things up, um, you know, you, you're going to be held responsible for that. So um, that's why it's good to have both. It's good at times to do private investigations, but it's also good to do public investigations where you can kind of really get your time to go out there and play and really, really test out some of your new equipment and so on and so forth. So. Yeah, uh, and this was an opportunity where I could really go, and it was like a paranormal playground for me. I could really test new equipment, new new theories, new things that the group wanted to do, and so on and so forth. So I love Penhurst. If you ever get a chance to investigate there, 
I'm telling you, it will not let you down. Alrighty, that's all we have for this week. I hope you enjoyed the EVPs we got. Uh, if you have any questions, remember to email me. My email address is uh, philrem at comcast.net. And I'll answer any questions that you may have pertaining to the show or maybe some of the investigations that we did. But um, that's all we have for tonight. So until next time, we appreciate you listening and tuning in to the Voices Carry Paranormal Talk Radio Show.